Hey, Matt. How's it going? Hey, it's going good. How you doing, Eric? Doing well. Doing well. Well, well it sounds like we're uh, we're all totally into the idea of doing another podcast. Lots to talk about. So, let's kick it off. This is Liberty Southwest podcast number 58. Danny Ng, Eric Taylor, Kirk Pettis, and myself, Matt Winter. We're going to kick it off. We had a little bit of a conversation rolling when we first started. Uh, to chat this evening about the H-1B visa situation, and it it actually went pretty good. So let's get back into that. Um, Eric, what, what's your opinion of it at this point? Yeah, so last week you shot, shot over a text. I think Trump mania has been running wild for three weeks or so now, right? We're on week three. Um, and we decided to do the podcast tonight, and you threw out you throw out the H-1B visa question, which I thought, or it sounded like you thought was kind of inside baseball. But after talking about it a little bit, I think you changed your mind, right? A little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, I mean, inside baseball, because Eric and I both work in the IT world, and it's kind of a specific niche. But after talking about it for a little bit, it really does sound like something that we can all, it's, it's a major enough thing and it impacts enough people that it sounds like something that's interesting to talk about. And certainly a a good way to kick off before we start running into some of the really heavy stuff that's been going on over the last few weeks. It's all heavy and it's all fast and furious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So... I think last wasn't it last week where there was some of the H-1B visa conversation and uh, Trump started throwing out the idea. Has he done a president, an executive order on this yet? I don't know that he has. He hasn't. But... And I believe that he came out and said that he's not going to do one. But there's okay. currently three bills in Congress about it. Yeah. And it was actually funny enough. And I was wondering if this is just you know political volley this this was actually introduced by a democrat right in the house it wasn't a it wasn't a republican who actually introduced the bill um democrat it depends on which one you're talking about or they're multiple sure that's correct yeah there's three of them there's okay all right so the one i um was discussing uh with a couple of people was the democrat uh proposed one so i guess there's there, there are multiples uh and that and that that really had to do with Zoe. Okay, so, so Zoe Lofgren was a Democratic Congresswoman out of California who, who who threw this out there, and it talks about severely restricting H-1B visas for individuals who make hundred under one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, right? And Trump's recommendation was one hundred thirty thousand a year. Was it? Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so I think the idea behind that, at least his rationale, and I think this is, you know, this really hits India hard. They're, they're the majority of the people that, that do this. I mean, they have they have a temple there that these people walk around hundreds of times in order to praise to a Hindu god that grants visas in order for these. And these people really believe that this works. Maybe it does. I mean, it's not not for me. <laughs> That's when the does. guy walks out of the back shadow and says. <laughs> Pay me one thousand real and we'll get you going. <laughs> yeah, something. Like, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll get you going for this contract house and take half your money. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so, you know, the the idea behind it to me, you know, and I I personally am involved with with uh, hiring H one B visas contractors that type of thing is uh, it's I think it's a a win for American displaced workers or even younger students who are coming. You know who may want to pursue a different path besides your traditional liberal education or, you know, to pursue a trade. Cause a lot of the, you know, a lot of this is akin in my mind to a, to a, a, a trade path just, you know, in the, in the more of the modern age. Right. Uh, so, so I have to ask the question, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I, I agree to some mm-hmm. extent and I agree because I've seen people, I've personally seen people lose their jobs to workers who are coming from overseas and right. training them in yep. uh, to, to do work that I know Americans could do. And I know that sure. was never the intention of the program, but yep. I have to sit back and I put my libertarian hat on and I say, isn't that a good thing? Isn't free market competition yeah. supposed to be a good thing? Sure. 
Yeah, yeah, and and that's and that's kind of what I alluded to uh, before the podcast is there's there's certainly uh, two sides of this argument, and I think the the both angles are persuasive. Do you want to be protectionist? And Trump really is a protectionist. We live in the in oh, yeah. the age of um, sovereign protectionism, as we've seen with the Brexit, as we've seen with uh, the rise of uh, right-wing politics in Europe, in the United States. It's a populist right-wing phenomena that's taking place now, and it's it's all over Europe and, the, and now the United States. And there's a flip side to that, where uh, globalism isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? Uh, displace shipping, manufacturing jobs to China and bringing up people who are coming in from an agrarian society, making just nothing, basically, you know, subsisting off the land and empowering them with, with jobs that allow them to really increase their lifestyle. And, and, and the amount of money that they make is 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 not even close to what what the uh, analog would be in the United States, a manufacturing analog, but they're able to live much more, uh, just at a much higher standard of living there with those manufacturing yeah, jobs. And you can look at uh, IT very workers. Very interesting. Yeah, IT workers in India, and the same thing happens. You know, from a libertarian perspective, I you know, completely agree. Should we protect one set of people at the expense of another and I and I'm not and I don't think that's the libertarian angle at all, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I looking at it now and it, I I realize as I get older that my opinions are not as one-sided as saying I'm a libertarian, I'm a conservative, I'm a republican, I'm a democrat or anything like that. I think there's way more gray area out there than defining myself by a particular uh, just saying, I'm. I, this is my ideology because there are some things that I disagree with, and this this is one of the ones that I do. And part of the reason I do is because, like I said, I have seen American workers displaced by this program, and I know that wasn't the intention of it. Right. It's supposed to be uh, filling gaps where work couldn't be done by an American. And I'm, well, well, I see the value of bringing people over here who. Uh, can do the work and contribute to companies where there is that gap. Um, if there is no gap and they're doing it to save money, it it starts to change the idea and the heart behind why they're doing it. Um, and I, I really dislike seeing some of my friends lose their jobs because of uh, the cost saving measure instead of, being supported by bringing somebody who has adequate skills over. And I think I think um, you and I can both testify to the fact that the workers who come here are not uh, – they, they quote-unquote have the qualifications, meaning they've, they've gone through some vetting process that allows them to put this stuff on their resume, but they have no idea what they're doing. Um, until they get trained in, and then when right. they get trained in, they're they're usually pretty darn good. Yeah, and really, um, it, the, the, their motivation, at least in my experience, is really centered around getting to the United States on an H-1B visa. Um, there's really two paths that most most of them follow. The first path is to pick up as much as much knowledge and skill as possible in the United States environment, and go back. You know, now, not to stereotype but a lot of what i see most i'd say 90 95 that's probably being generous are directly from india they're either from bangalore or hyderabad india um and they they uh, they, they come over and uh, either are looking for sponsorship citizenship or they're looking to they're hard workers and a lot of them like you said they come over with inflated resumes but they're willing to work really hard uh, because they want to either stay or they want to get as many skills as possible and go back to India and jump up a few levels and provide for their families. And that, right. that's really, right. and, and on the flip side in the United, and it is, in my opinion, very much a business decision for these U S companies because they can pay really these workers, the contract workers, you know, around 60% on the dollar, um, and, uh, the displace, U.S. workers, and that's 
um, I don't know. It, it, like I said, there it's it's really a two-sided conversation. They're saving money, um, but you're displacing U.S. workers. Uh, is that right? Is it wrong? Should there be regulation? It's a it's a really sticky political issue. I think. Mm-hmm. Let mm-hmm. me ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. Suppose women are paid less than men for the same work. How does this differ? This 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 is not really comparable to that. Um, and I think because they're foreigns, foreigners. No, not even that. Uh, and I, I think a lot of, at least in my area, that's a non-issue. If you, it may, it may be in other areas. And I really think when you get in that conversation, you start to not factor in maternity leave, uh, when the fact that women take time away from work to, you know, a lot well, of times. I don't to, believe women are paid less than men for one. I'm just. Saying I, the I don't argument. either. That's that's kind of what I was going down. There's a lot of variables. Uh, a lot of times that are associated with that. And then you can, you get into some professions where women dominate and they're paid much more than men, you know, pink collar types of jobs. I, th- I think, and I'm sure people listening or even, you know, amongst our group here would disagree. Um, but I think there's kind of a fe- radical feminist militant agenda behind a lot of this. I think it's hyperbole, a lot of it, to be honest with you. Um, but then again, I'm a privileged white male, so what do I know? Take... Cisgendered. <laughs> no, but... Yeah. but Infinite see... safe space, Eric Taylor. <laughs> exactly. I yeah, mean, they'll it's... put me in my gun-free zone with my safe space, my safe free free speech zone. The whole argument, I mean, I feel like I don't know much about this H-1B-1 visa, but are they subsidized to live in America at all? Like, are they on any form of welfare to be able to be paid 60%? Oh, no, no, they're productive. They, they, in fact, a lot of them send a good chunk of their money back home to their families. They typically, Uh, when they come here, will live like, uh, six to a two bedroom apartment. Um, they live in sleeping bags and have one TV for the whole group. That's tiny. Yeah. It's modern um, day slavery. No, it's, it's not slavery. They're servitude. paid very well compared to where they come from. So they send a lot of their money back home or they save yeah, it, which is even worse for America. It takes the money out of the economy. Well, yep. And that's what I was alluding to, but, I, but you, you, you were asking if they're welfare recipients and that's, not even close to the case with with those people, yeah. by and large. Definitely they're, they're, not. They're, they're, I, I like them. I I really have respect for people who have the PhD. I call it the PhD. They're p- poor, hungry, and driven. I, I believe those people bring much more action and substance to the economy and society than you know a lot of privileged individuals. Actual do, so. PhD. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, actual PhD too. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, well, you know, if you go to the libertarian philosophy, it's open border at the same time. So there shouldn't be a thing called a visa. Well, so, you know, this is a really interesting segue. I think we could move on to that topic at this point. What do you guys think? Borders? Yeah. The, the wall? <laughs> yeah, let's talk, let's talk wall. I'm, I'm really interested to talk about that. Oh yeah! To Listen to about? that! Listen to that sound! <laughs> What's there to talk about? It's gonna be big. I guess the what? It's gonna be a big wall with some yeah. with some fence, right? Some fencing. Yeah, well, so I I googled this um, using my new Google Home. I did it just the other day. I was sitting in the living room with Ashley, and we were having a conversation about immigration. And I I said, "Okay, Google, how long is the Great Wall of China?" And it's somewhere around five thousand miles. I said, okay, Google, how long is the U.S.-Mexico border? And it's somewhere around 1,000 miles. So it's far from the biggest wall that's ever been made. Um, so I, I was I kind of just chuckling about that a little bit because it, it really does change perspective on it when you realize, oh, wait a second, China's got like a giant wall that's like, you know, obviously today it's kind of broken down. Well, and there's served there's its purpose, kept it, out but, the Mongol hordes yeah. from absolutely ravaging China because that's what they were absolutely. doing. Absolutely, they're they're a little bit more aggressive than the Mexicans. The, the Mongols yeah, think, were. Yeah, the Mexicans <laughs> were doing their patriotic duty by spreading their Spanish speaking into southern Mexican or southern southern American states. Right, and then they actually provide. I think I would argue they provide a lot of economic benefit. Actually, oh yeah. But, 
What do you think, Kirk? What What do you think about the border? I it to me, what government is, it's it should have a border and it should have a wall. That's if that's what government is, let them do it. It should be. It it makes no sense to have a government and the policies that we have today to not have a to have an open wall with the, the welfare state we live in to just allow people to come in and then supposedly have a sanctuary city here and there. Our we're, Supreme we're Court. Having, we're having a really hard time sticking to the libertarian philosophy on this topic tonight. Yeah, well, I, no, I, well, it's to me, it's if government's going to do this stuff, it, it makes sense. So I, I don't see how people are, are against it. Yeah, I think I think for what when, I what I hear, well, I think what I hear you're saying, Kirk, is there shouldn't be a reason for a wall, but there is, and the reason that even thinking about the wall is the attractiveness of the welfare state that the government provides and incentivizes people to, well, to utilize, yes. right? And that's what I, you're. That, and then there's the crime. That's very aspect. well put. Yeah, it totally promotes crime. And our own policy pr- promotes crime because we can't detain illegal immigrants for longer than six months. The U.S. Supreme Court to? says that's indefinite detention, so we continually let people out of jail, and they re- and then they they're they're just free to do more crime. Why aren't they deported? Because the countries don't want them back. So then we can't deport them because the country's not going to take them. So what do we do? We just free them and, and go on your merry way. We ask them to leave. <laughs> All it does is just breed more and more crime. It's just disgusting. What did I just read? Uh, 112 people have been killed in a four-year span that were in prison and let go because the U.S. government could not detain them any longer because they were illegal and it's indefinite detention. So without them, they're in that gray space to where even though they were guilty of other previous crimes, we let them go and they come back and they murder people. They rape people. It's it's just disgusting. And people just turn around. So you're saying you're saying if there's an illegal immigrant here and they like murder someone, they don't go to jail for murder. They just sit there for six months and they let them go. They prosecute them as best as they can, and then they try and deport them, and they can't do it. Do you have uh, statistics? I any, any, I... Is this any higher than a domestic rate, or is it... Because I, I really... It's hard for me to believe, and I, you know, we could all Google this or whatever, but it, it's hard for me to believe that statistically these individuals commit crimes at a higher rate than, than U.S. citizens. Because if they want to stay here, they're... Obviously, they they don't want to run afoul of the law. After they have already committed crime and they're in the book and supposed to be gone, Mm -hmm. it's – you tell me. Yeah. (laughs) Does it make sense why they would not – if they're living in poverty, they can't find a real job that's – you know, because they're not a legal citizen. It's – they're living under, you know – in the in the shadows of society, they have cr- criminal tendencies. Uh-huh. Illegal uh, immer- immigrants do. They're, they're they're let in and out of jail. What's the what's to stop them from com- continually to doing what they're doing? So so let's let's uh yeah, what you're saying, Kirk, makes sense. And but what about what about the people who aren't here, like raping and murdering people? Because like, there there's clearly way more people here who are just trying to like make living for themselves and they're taking jobs that most people don't want and what, what about them yeah and i'm looking at some and i take this with a grain of salt this is off of uh, daily wire with sites fox fake news. news fake news exactly triggered. Uh, i'm triggered <laughs> exactly um 13.6 of those sentenced for all committed crimes in the country are illegal aliens 12 percent uh Murder sentences are illegal aliens. 16% of trafficking sentences are illegal aliens. Um, almost 50% of federal crimes were committed near the Mexican border. Um, uh, illegal immigrants accounted for nearly 75% of federal drug sentences in 2014. Wow. So, again, this is could be fake news. 
maybe not. This is this is a these are Fox News statistics. But the the today we unsealed charges whoop. against nine men. That started playing. Um, <laughs> so that overall crime rate, I mean, it just doesn't seem really high or disproportionately high to me. So and I always kind of when when that crime card is played or when we talk about uh, religious, you know, clamping down immigration from countries, I my intuitively my sense is that there's far more crime percentage wise or at least equal uh, that's that's uh, uh, actually done by U.S. citizens rather than illegal or or, or uh, foreign foreign citizens. I think that's kind of alarmist. It's a red herring of an argument in my eyes, and it's almost Ooh. it's almost prejudice. We, I, I think um, it's I'm not it's it's factual. It's not prejudice at all. I'm just relaying facts. Just look at Sweden. Right. They bring in all the migrants from the Middle mm-hmm. East. Their rape percentages has gone through the it's like the rape capital of the world now. Sweden, Sweden, I've never heard Germany. That before. Sweden. Has anybody heard that Sweden is the rape capital? I haven't heard Sweden only with uh, Julian well, Assange. Why yeah, would he the liberal framed. media not talk about it? Yeah. It was Assange was in Sweden, right? That's where they're yeah, trying to extradite him to? That was real sketchy at best. Well, I just, yeah. I'm just saying, like, that's the only thing I've heard of is sexual abuse, anything <laughs> coming from Sweden. Sure. Yeah. All I know is. Amnesty International came out with a study years ago when they they reviewed immigrants coming over the Mexico border. I want to say was it ninety percent? It was at least sixty percent of all women that are brought that are being taken over are raped. And sexually abused, mm-hmm. they are forced to take contraceptives, and they are raped by the the people smugglers and state officials. And state officials are some of the worst offenders. This is a whole operation of drug running and people smuggling, and the women are completely abused, mm-hmm. and and for their desire to get to America. And it's all because it's an illegal act. And they have to do it through people, these, you know, people mules, drug mules, and go along these drug routes. And they're dealing with criminals. And it's just, it's it's a very sad thing. And so when Donald Trump got raked to the coals on calling some of the Mexican illegals rapists, this is what he was talking about. And it's completely factual. And Amnesty International is not a conservative organization. When did Amnesty International get involved here? Are they the ones who were raking him? They're the ones that came out with the study. Oh. It's uh... so I I just found an article that was published yesterday. Yeah, yesterday about a police officer, veteran police officer in uh, Sweden, that posted some stuff on Facebook that apparently created a firestorm. Um. The quote is, uh, here we go. This is what I've handled Monday through Friday this week. Rape, rape, robbery, aggravated assault, rape, assault, and rape, extortion, blackmail, assault, violence against police, threats to police, drug crimes, drugs, crime, felony, attempted murder, rape again, extortion again, and ill treatment, he wrote. Suspected tr- perpetrators, Ali Muhammad, 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 Muhammad Ali, again, 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 Christopher. What, is that true? Yes, a Swedish name stuck in on the edges of a drug crime. Muhammad, Muhammad Ali, again, again, and again. He said, countries yeah. representing all the crimes this week, Iraq, Iraq, Turkey, Syria, in. Afghanistan, Somalia, Somalia, Syria, Somalia, unknown, unknown, Sweden. So. There's a flip. I think yeah, there's a flip side. And I threw a, a, a pro-con link in the, in the Skype chat that itemizes uh, solid arguments both pro and uh, con, uh, as far as the uh, illegal immigration uh, crime rates concerned, um, but I, I think a lot of a lot of this is, again is gray. Uh, these countries that you that you hear reference, at least in the in the Swedish uh, Facebook post, um, 
they, they come from countries where a lot of the population has been displaced because of U.S. aggression and war. And it's essentially like batting a hornet's nest and maybe the worst elements of the society or a lot of the society leaves because there's so much strife and damage to infrastructure and that type of thing. So they, they move to Europe. So I think a devil's advocate argument or could be or, or not is it certainly would be I've, I've um, over the last couple of weeks heard Ron Paul reference this on Liberty Report many times is that if you pull the U.S. presence out of these countries, you know, the foreign aggression out of these countries, you don't have a quote-unquote terror threat. And I think that would also apply to some of the Islam Islamophobia that Europe is dealing with, since they're so close to the, the Middle East area. Well, let me ask you this. So ISIS and Al-Qaeda and all these other terrorist organizations know they can, people can migrate to Europe. None of these people are a part of these organizations that they could come and start just raping women and, and doing mass crime without motivation? specific terrorist attacks. It's, it's a lot of the motivation. Well, I think yeah, a lot why of would, what, would, what would they gain? As- to destroy our way of life, the Western society. Their life has already been destroyed <laughs> what- by the Western society. I mean, it's a, that's a pretty weak argument yes so so sweden should these people should just accept all these immigrants coming into their towns and and all this that's just that welcome to your new life 21st century here we go rah rah flip side (laughs) stop the aggression in the middle east see what happens i am all for that i'm just saying it's all just it none of it makes sense or bomb the crap out of there and build a huge wall and don't allow any of them in. That's a, another way to do it. <laughs> what? Okay. Hey, I would love to talk about this war because obviously people, we've been at war for 15 years. Yeah. Longer than it's that. It's total BS. Since I yeah. last checked, it's, it's 2017 now. People are voting age that all they know is war, yeah. that they have grown up and all they know is we have been in war with terror and well, going to and bombing Middle East. Obama dropped over 100,000 bombs that's up. known. <laughs> It's uh, and then now someone is in put in office that wants to do something about it, and he's castated for it. Does he really want yes. to do something about it, Kirk? He's continuing the same aggressive foreign policy, and all he's doing is saying we're gonna we're not gonna let the people in that we've traumatized. Is that really doing anything about it? I would argue it's not doing it doing a darn thing about it and it's just trying to enable the same military industrial complex the same money-making killing machine with the only difference that we're just not going to let anybody in and we're going to continue you know continue what's been done under obama what's been done under bush clinton bush there's no change i'm not for it but also so saying trump is doing something about it i think is completely false the root cause it is, is not the being neocons addressed. are completely entrenched. Yep. And if you don't think that they are conniving into creating this circumstance, I heard a, a great thing about Iran right now. All this talk about I don't get why Trump's got a hard on for going to uh, stop in Iran so much, but it's Israel, obviously because it's Israel. Uh, I get a clip for you. It's Israel. That's, it is it's the Israel, APAC but, lobby, and it's Israel. That's why he has a hard on for for going after Iran. Well, also, back in the Bush era, the Wesley Clark 7 was Iran, was part of the seven countries the that we've got to go to war against. And I heard a great little theory today of about how Obama's little uh, treaty with Iran was nothing more to make Iran break the treaty or for the populace to see that Iran is breaking this treaty. That's why we hear nonstop about, oh, Iran tested a missile today. And uh, and then all it is is it's creating the circumstances for us to go to war with Iran as this treaty is what my point is. Gotcha. That you guys... all, we we tried to make peace with them and you know we had this deal but now they're breaking it so now we gotta go f them up. You guys Matt, see the so, uh, picture Matt, a... that the Drudge Report had and for the Iran missile con and the... <laughs> the Iran missile testing. Did you see the picture they put up? No, no, but I was going to tell you, if you do have a clip, 
Matt, anything you want you want to play, just put it in the chat and I'll pull it up so audio is a little bit I, more legible. Yeah, I did that. I dropped it in the chat. Oh, so you did. There it is. Okay. On, I think um, I can play it on immigration. From there. Now, let me uh, let me let me give a little background to it okay. just so it's not super random. Um, sure. So this is a two minute, about a two and a half minute long clip okay. of uh, Obama and Clinton on immigration policy. Okay. So. Um, it's it's done tongue in cheek with pictures of Trump superimposed over the top of it. Um, okay. So yeah, just interesting to listen to. So oh. why don't we give a couple minutes to this? Is this the one that Danny? Danny, did you send this? Oh yeah, Danny sent this out. Oh, is it that one video? Yeah, yeah I don't of, know. Uh, I mean, Obama and Clinton saying yeah. that we can't can't have any more of these immigrants coming in and. And then Trump is just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, we're listening. I'm listening. <laughs> it is. And it's, yeah. it's a really – yeah, I was wondering where I got that from. There's yeah. Danny. Yeah, is it, so is this a good clip? I mean, does it translate well into a podcast or is it more visual? It's all visual. Well, it'd no, be good not. to just it's not visual for, at all. It's uh, just to a... hear Bill Clinton and everyone else talk about it, all this stuff. Yeah, I, I, Trump I, is uh, – Yeah, play it. Yeah. So. yeah, play it. Yeah, it's basically – it's hypocritical. Play it. Yeah, yeah. It's just the continuation of the same, essentially, is what it outlines, right? So, except he actually did something instead of just talking about it. <laughs> That's true. All right, I'll I'll play the clip here. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. This the is jobs Bill they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. Even as we are a nation of immigrants, we're also a nation of laws. Undocumented workers broke our immigration laws, and I believe that they must be held accountable, especially those who may be dangerous. When I took office, I committed to fixing this broken immigration system. And I began by doing what I could to secure our borders. But today, our immigration system is broken. And everybody knows it. There are actions I have the legal authority to take as president. Tonight, I'm announcing those actions. We'll build on our progress at the border with additional resources for our law enforcement personnel so that they can stem the flow of illegal crossings and speed the return of those who do cross over. If you're it's your price radios. Deported, if you plan to enter the U.S. illegally, it's tough to even listen to. It's all just bullshit. So. <laughs> we expect people who live in this country to play by the rules. We expect that those who cut the line will not be unfairly rewarded. The actions I'm taking are not only lawful, they're the kinds of actions taken by every single Republican president and every single Democratic president for the past half century. And to those members of Congress who question my authority to make our immigration system work better, question my authority, question my authority, question my authority, question my authority, or question the wisdom of me acting where Congress has failed, I have one answer. Pass a bill. Pass a bill. So, but I mean, what what are you guys getting at here? Do you think Obama or Trump's doing a good job or a bad job? You think he's just holy crap? I don't on? even have an answer for you, Kirk. That's a great <laughs> question. I seriously don't even have an answer. I am like, I'm I basically am sitting back with a bag of popcorn just to see what happens right now. I'm not upset about it. I'm not happy about it. The dude is doing stuff though. That's for damn sure. At a frenetic pace. There's no yes. doubt. I don't really think he is even. Uh, compared to anybody else who's been in his position, he is. Like, in a dramatic way, signing these executive orders to do everything that he promised to do on his campaign trail. I mean, that's pretty intense. 
Like what? What's she done so far? The wall is the main thing. Oh, I'm not too banning, excited. Banning, banning refugee immigration from coming here from the seven countries. Yeah, but some he didn't pipeline. ban it. It was a, a, six, a, a three-month hiatus. That's what he says, So, but <laughs> it's the three-month quotations. Well, that's what the law, that the executive action is. It's uh, So he's going to sign a new one every three months? That's what he's speculating. But it's just a, yeah, it's a pause to get a hold of the situation. It makes perfect lo- ordered, sense from a ordered, standpoint. If I put my mind, if I was in that shoe and have an influx that I don't know who's who. So, all right, let me just pause and back up. So last we weekend go. I was over at my mom's house when my, my grandma passed away and we're going through Sorry. old photos and documents. Sorry, and your I grandma died. I come across my grandfather, great-grandfather when he came to America here at the turn of the century. 1900 and he had to sign his naturalizations he had to sign i found it just amazing because i wouldn't be able to assign this today in my current state of mind it said what's your current state of mind just real quick kirk well more of an anarchist than anything oh i got i, got, I thought there was something and else it okay, specifically said, maybe you were high <laughs> don't I didn't, I didn't know what that meant just wanted to get cl- that, point of too. clarification that's all this is in 1900, the document specifically says, I believe in, like, I'm going to paraphrase here, but I believe in governance. I am not an anarchist. It's, it, it says that from 1900. And since he was from immigrating from Russia, I denounced Nikolai II. This is even before the overthrow of Nikolai II and before even communism was a thing and they were asking this those people immigrating to america to deny anarchy so (laughs) trump passed an order for governance i mean and so and it took and what i've heard from people talk is it took weeks to get approved today obama made it you can't illegal for these anyone to even check people's facebook most of these people that are coming have no documentation, and all you can do is take their word for it. There's no way to vet anyone or anything, and then to not even say that, oh, let's look at your phone and look at your Facebook account. That's who a slippery slope. Who you, you are on Facebook or what, and who you follow on Facebook. Yeah, they maybe that's... have an idea of what uh, kind of uh, attitude you have. Yeah, that's... And, and still today, use and Facebook? Thing, so we should just allow as a governance, you know, I'm not saying this is right, but this is what our government is. You still use Facebook? And uh, I just. That's a serious question. Like, do I? You still use Facebook? After seeing that's what they're doing, and it, they're already using it for regulation purposes. I don't know how you guys can even be on there anymore. What do you mean? You just said they're looking at who their friends are and who they're following on Facebook. It's illegal for the government to do that. He wants well, Trump said. wants to be the able to do won't that. Allow that to happen. Yeah, yeah. well, that's that's his oh. argument, and I think that's a really, you know, from digital privacy, from a digital privacy perspective, it's a slippery slope. The government can get whatever they want anyway, pretty much. How, How, if you, so, if you use so Facebook, let me. So I'm a I'm a total newbie in this country. I'm just coming here. Sure. I have no documentation. I just want to be in America. And yet we have we're at war for 15 fucking years. 15 not when's the last time America's been at war for 15 years? Vietnam. <laughs> we, and and our stated enemies yeah, say Vietnam we're not, like not that long ago. People that are, you know, as <laughs> refugee some Central America, Costa Rica stuff in the these, 80s with our with our members. Yeah. How does this make any sense? America's and, been and at war gonna, forever. We're, we're taking in, in military-age people from countries we're going to war with. How does this make any sense as a p- policy measure? The U.S. I'm has not, been not at, saying it's right or wrong, but as from a government standpoint, it makes zero policy sense. Yeah. Well, so to sure. answer your question, Kirk, it, the, the uh, Vietnam War was uh, 20 years, and that, uh, the Korean War... It's three years. I mean, we've been at war as a country more than we've been not at war for like the last 75 years. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's been operations in Africa, 
you know, Central America, South America. Desert US, Storm. Like yeah, there's the, been all kinds of aggress, aggressions and military conflicts. Yes, and when do we yeah. take any of those people as as refugees and migrants when we are at war with them? What does that matter, I guess? It completely matters. Did we oh. take any Vietnamese people when we were at war with them for 20 years? Oh, they, they just Maybe? Killed, killed a bunch of them. That's a better way to do like it, right, I Kurt? Said, let's look at this just from a policy down. measure. Like you're in charge of government. We're at war with a country. And you're just going to take people in that are military-age citizens or they're, they're supposedly fleeing their country, and you're just going to welcome in. The, you're in we're going to pay for your existence. We're going to give you a monthly stipend, <laughs> give you housing, and we're at war with your country. This makes a lot of policy sense. I mean, I, it, it, it defies logic. Do you not see what I'm saying here? I'm not yeah, saying this. Yeah, right I see what wrong, you're saying. But, but from but the, the policy I, measure, it makes zero sense. And now we have someone that's elected in to be our leader of this country. <clears throat> I would be so, doing the same thing Trump's doing as well. Yeah, I'm I, I, I would. was put in charge Absolutely. of this country to, to follow the policy or to follow our laws. It, 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 this is just unheard of. Yeah, I would, I would counter with that. It shouldn't be at war with those countries at all. You don't have to worry about yes, it. Yes, but we are. I agree with you. We should not be at war with these countries, but we are at war with these countries. And so it, it doesn't make a bad argument good by saying we are. It, it, in my eyes, it just doesn't. It, it doesn't give you the right... It's a bad you know, argument. It's, so if you were at war with anyone, would you take their military-aged people? into your country and specifically even let's say we're not even giving them welfare just to say hey yeah you you can do go do what you want when we so, when then when, when we're talking about an h1b1 visa when we, we're only taking so many people from india to come in and have tech jobs why why not just let anyone in why not let every indian that has a college degree and uh, come and take your tech job why limit that there aren't enough jobs for him to take. Yeah, but from so I can I can give you a couple of things here. It is let them come, let them come. If they can make it, they can make it. There you go. I, I got it's some things for you here. Argument saying we shouldn't be at yeah, war. I got some it. things here for you, Kirk. You you asked what Trump has done so far. So the, the, the one of the first things he did that I love is he instructed all agencies that whenever they introduce a regu- regulation, they have to first abolish two others. That was one of the first things he did. Yeah. Uh, he ordered yeah. a, a length to uh, lengthen the ban on administration officials working as lobbyists. There's a five-year ban now on officials becoming lobbyists after they leave government. And a lifetime ban on White House officials lobbying on behalf of a foreign government. He that'll, that'll had two orders. He's out of office. <laughs> he, he gave two orders reviving the Keystone XL pipeline and the Dakota Access Pipelines. <laughs> Uh, expedited the uh, environmental permitting process for that project. He gave notice that the U.S. will be withdrawing from the TPP trade deal. He uh, imposed a hiring freeze for some of the federal government workers, uh, excluding the military. And he gave an order that directs federal agencies to ease the regulatory burdens of Obamacare. So he's done all of that in three weeks. That's more than like it's more than like Obama did in eight years. Sorry, I would disagree, but I'm just saying like it's it, a good start. It's a but, hell of a good start. It's been three weeks, dude. That's awesome. And he doesn't have his cabinet in place. Here's what I know that he's done that I am that I think is the most beautiful thing. He's actively asking whistleblowers. And he will reward whistleblowers to prove government corruption. And it's already flowing in, specifically around global warming bullshit fabricated data. And that is going to put a stop to this man-made global warming scam that would really chop a leg off our economy. And urge us to stop the government control over further smaller and smaller businesses. But so instead of we had Obama would put 
more people, more whistleblowers in jail than any other president in our lifetime. Now we have a president actively asking for whistleblowers. Yeah, it's great. It's yes. a tough thing to do to be a whistleblower still. But he's even, a fascist. Even if, even if he's <laughs> racist. Nazi. <laughs> racist. Nazi. The Nazi it, word it, comes it, out a lot it, now, it, doesn't it? I hear Nazi the all the time. Of, yeah, when the, the, that, the irony behind that is the Nazi it's movement started as it's, a, it's almost as a um, philosophical left-wing socialist movement. It, yes. it wasn't right-wing. And in the 1930s, the KKK went to the Democratic National Convention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's... Uh, it's so it's kind of a it's too rich to even believe. It's it's <laughs> irony isn't strong enough of a word. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, this is. I mean, here's the funny thing. People are saying, you know, all this protesting and everything of people over Trump, and they're acting like it's because of Trump. Are you kidding me? Do you think it would be any different if any other Republican was in the office? That's, it would the be the exact are... same thing. The protest is um, regardless the, of Trump being enough. I don't and know I would, if I would say exactly the same. I, I think Trump brings his own flair to the office that I don't think any other man would have. There you go. These people protesting are not. <laughs> well, most of most of the organ average public. These people are trained to be so. No, well, most of the organization behind uh, Women's March and these protests that you see. I think you can argue is is really orchestrated by George Soros-backed organizations. A lot of them are paid yeah. operatives yes. that are uh, behind behind this, and really what they're looking to do is you know, form large marches and distill uh, activists out of these marches. Uh, and, and they've kind of used actually some small group methodologies, even the Twin Cities. There's an organization called the NOC, which they have about 25 to 15 member meetups that are happening in living rooms. There, it's really, uh, I, I think it's a, it's a uh, well thought out uh, activist operation that that Soros has a huge hand in. So it's not spontaneous by yes, any, any stretch it's of the like, imagination. It's supposed it's it's what the Tea Party was, where that was far more spontaneous. Yeah, the Tea Party started off spontaneous. You know, it was really Ron Paul movement and then the Koch brothers and neocons co opted it, much like what Soros is doing. Everything gets co opted after it seems like after because you have well, I do like, have to say yeah. though, the the one person who I always associate with the Tea Party, just in the local level, City Pew, she's been fucking awesome. Like the entire time she's been a representative. Oh yeah. So thumbs up to her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I, I guarantee most of the Tea Party people were not paid for to have these organizations. The Koch brothers. Uh, 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 what is it? Uh, What's they funneled pack? some money after a that? while, but um, not, not like what you're seeing instantly happening right now. Uh, they funneled a lot of money, actually, in the Tea Party activity. I can't the name of that organization is. It's my I, point is the Tea Party had already begun. They didn't create it. Like George Soros is creating these organizations that are funneling that are. Well, I mean, fine. It's it's organizations, like, but yeah, they're they're pissed off. They lost. They got their asses handed to them in this last election. I would expect them to try to start a grassroots movement. I mean, what what else can they do at vote, this point? Matt, they won the popular vote. Oh, oh yeah, no. yeah, yeah. My point. All right. Won my the point is that vote. we've uh, all the delusion and of Trump the left is going to because they've cheated to win the popular vote. It's going to get Jeff Sessions on that. I don't, yeah, I, that, that whole popular vote versus electoral college thing. I am just so sick of hearing it. It's, it's <laughs> not it's our like president. The there are so many presidents that have been elected that way. It's not, it's a large number. It's not just one. Right. It's like, this has only happened once. But that's my point. It doesn't matter what the facts are or anything. They're going to use anything they can to create strife and have an excuse to create more violence. The left's our party has always been violent. <laughs> you just go back to the KKK. It was the underground violent arm of the Democrat Party. Hey, those women's marchers are just Today, killing people right now. They're going crazy with their 
pink hats, machetes. I'm not. I don't see a lot of violence there. I'm talking about look at Berkeley. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, that's. They damn near almost did kill people. Yeah, those are. And you just ask anyone about anyone on the West Coast if they dare wear a mega hat to go through a downtown. Yeah. (laughs) You might not get home alive. Yeah, it's a pretty polarizing racism, racism, and xenophobia, and everything. It's it's like you said, it's ironic to the max because the closest thing to what the Nazis and any fascist communist takeover is exactly (laughs) this attitude. It just replaced everything that these so-called protesters, these violent, and what pisses me off is they're called anarchists, just flat out. And and then to look at. Don Lemon to say he had his guest on to where, oh, I think Berkeley, that was really caused by underground right wing people. You know, it's it, it wasn't leftist. There was, you know, I'm sure it was uh, Milo, Milo's own people going and instigating this to make it look like Berkeley is not a free, <laughs> a free speech zone. It's so laughable. All you have to do is whenever people say racism, Nazi xenophobe or whatever fascist just replace it with the n-word of back in the kk time kkk time it's the same thing they they have no argument all they it's it's pure and blatant bigotry and racism and try and there's no argument no factual evidence behind it all and it's just the delusion and the hysterical mentality these kids have been fomented into over the last few decades it, that's why I say it doesn't matter if Trump was elected or not. It doesn't matter who it was. These people would be acting the exact same way because they have been brainwashed into anything that's not a Democrat-controlled towards socialism is pure evil in their eyes, and it's justifiable for any violence. So, Kirk, let me ask you this. Are you happy with what Trump's done so far? Is he going to do good things the next however long he's in office? He's very disappointing to me in the military, but that's because of all the neocons around him and the entrenchment of government. Rams doing some good things by saying he's not going to allow neocon as number two in the State Department. I don't think he'll allow that to happen. That's good. What did you say? Um, The neocon uh, number two State Department rep. Uh, What's his name? He's one of Wolfowitz boys. Uh, Elliot, Elliot Abrams. Abrams. Yeah. Abrams. Yeah. 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 Deputy Secretary of State. Yeah. yeah. Well, Trump has to have them around. It doesn't mean that they should be able to enact any policy and they should be able to be controlled. Why, why Put should he have leash, them around? Why do you need to have them around? I got a question. Because the entire government is controlled by these fuckers. <laughs> Doesn't need to have them around. <laughs> that's, he's supposed to drain the swamp. <laughs> that's the whole. That's whole deal. but that's how you do it by having he them around. He's even closer. That's how you do it. Yeah, <laughs> the art of war. It's, yeah, it's you. Exactly you, you, uh, you you can't. Yeah, yeah. In a way, you act like you're with them. But, so I, I got mean, a question. It's, it's a strategy method, but yeah, no. I got a question. Uh, Danny, What uh, has anything stood out to you? Have you been surprised by any of this? Or No, not really. I mean, I, I, I try to check and check, you know, keep up to date once in a while. Um, but like, no, you know, not, none of this is like all too surprising. So, I mean, does, I mean um, I, does, does this affect your family at all? No, not really. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect my family. I don't think none of us are too worried are worried about it. I mean, it's, you know, how I take it is that, you know, it, Trump's our president. We have our current legal structure, you know, um, you know, how our government works today is how it is. Um, at the end of the day, it's, you know, kind of going back to a libertarian view of things like I'm not going to really rely on these people. It's what, what, you know, they, they come up with these laws. These are the people who has all these powers. What can I do to prepare myself so that, you know, I don't get screwed over? I mean, n- none of this stuff is really affecting me. I mean, I, I'm a 
full U.S. citizen here, um, so it's a lot easier for myself. But like you know, a lot of the stuff that I'm reading is, uh, it's like it's all noise. It's yeah. totally people just pissed off that you know Trump is the president and they're just trying to make excuses and um, just just can't just can't um, accept the fact that he's our our president. They're just making up all these stories and I just hear it, read about it in CNN, BBC, and all these liberal media and it's like. I don't know. I think it's fun. Uh, you know, it, it it you know makes time flies fast, and but it is annoying. Um, some of my some of my friends like you know participating in these like marches and all that. Um, like the world is ending. No, the world is not ending. Yeah. You know, yeah. just do, do your job. You know, just do do what you got to do, and don't you know? Don't I, I? I don't know. I just. Feel like the more I participate in this stuff, it's like the more angry I get, and it's not solving anything. Right. Yeah. I I completely agree uh, with one of the things that you actually with everything you said, Danny. And there's nothing I disagree with. Um, but I I think when people get riled up is this is when the framework of this country. Yeah, there's some irony when 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 the progressive liberals start really referencing the Constitution to, prove, to protect their <laughs> rights, um, whereas before it was just a piece of paper, not a living document. But when it when they're threatened, it's it's kind of important. Um, but I, I I've got some really really left leaning friends who are starting to call themselves little L liberals exactly. and they're talking about the Constitution exactly. and I'm I, just laughing. Love it. I love it. You get educated. <laughs> you get educated about it, and you know that's a beautiful thing about the way the Constitution was put together, the way our government was put together. We have, like Danny, like you're saying, Danny, is we have good checks and balances in place. He's not going to be able to do anything that's unconstitutional. He's not going to be able to do anything that's illegal. It's not going to happen, right? Well, so, well, I mean, if he. If he's going to get anything done that's significant now is a good time because we do have a Republican Senate and House controlled. So right. we don't know if that's going to be the case in a few years. But, you know, um, if he's going to do anything, it's going to be pretty much now. So and I think he is doing a lot. Um, you know, I kind of agree with the path that where he's going with all the, a lot of this stuff. Right. But, you know, I question the execution and of all this stuff maybe he's going a little bit too fast and um you know people still don't have still have haven't recovered from that you know hangover of you know hillary lost and you know now he's making all these moves so quick and you know riling up these these people to protest and all that um you know maybe he's I mean, maybe he is going too fast um you know but i don't this you know i, I agree like immigration is an issue um i agree like you know all sorts of people should be welcome to the United States. Right. Um, right. But, right. but the, the system is broken. You know, we should, we, we should try to focus on fixing the system and not like saying, oh, we, we can't have these people from this seven countries of refugees can't come in. Um, how about like the people who are trying to come in, come in, come here legally and you know, we got to fix that system. I mean, I just, I just got a letter. My, my mother just got a letter, um, just like about almost a month ago, saying that my grandpa was denied citizenship here, and he applied 18 years ago. It's mm. like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, yeah. something is broken. You know, it, it's, you know, gotta fix that. And it, I, I think we try fixing that rather than you know trying to put like racism and you know, uh, you can't have this religion coming here and yada yada. I, you know, I think there'll be more problem solving, but you know, I think that's what Trump is trying to get at. Um, yep. I, I just don't think he's executing as as great as I'm as I'm hoping right now. But I, I don't know. Who knows? He he's only been president for three weeks. Um, maybe t- things will change. I don't know. So. And and it's tough, you know, for and I think you probably agree with this, Danny. I think it's a it's a a tough thing for him in that regard. He's a political neophyte. This is all new to him, right? He's just, it's, it's different running for office. He has no experience. No, he's got executive experience in a corporation, but he's not, he's got no executive experience or any type of legislative background whatsoever. So, right. uh, and right. he's got, and he very... can't, 
oh, and he can't run this country like a business. You know, there's there's some things that you can. I mean, you know, leadership is important, but right. you know, it's, running a business is you know what what's best for the business. You know, and not necessarily to your competitors. You know, yep. and you know, sometimes we might we can view our competitors as like our other countries. And um, we, running a government, we you know, I think we should try to you know. We've got to make deals. We've got to make peace with other countries. But if, we're in a, if he's just running this like, you know, like Trump enterprises and, you know, Trump is number one, America's number one. We've got to buy American, hire American, screw everyone else. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's going to piss off a lot of com- countries, yeah. you know, and if he's going to run the country like, you know, he like how he run Trump enterprises like this, it's 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 not going to work either. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, and, what's and, the best way to export freedom in the world? With a gun and a bomb. Piss off a lot of other countries, in my opinion. With guns and bombs. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, by by having a bastion of freedom. I mean, that's what our country was cr- created for. It's what put a the death knell in the monarchy system. But it was yeah, taken I think, over I, I think by, what, the, by yeah, progressives. I think, I think what Danny's and, uh, alluding to is creating a top-down structure. I think what he's alluding to is diplomacy over over might. You know, soft soft diplomacy over hard might. Um, oh, you mean what George Washington well, said we should do? About yeah, about yeah. Trump, but no entangling just, alliances, etc. Open trade with all. Yeah. Yeah. Open a free trade without. Hey, can I get some of that uh, Sammy Davis Jr.? You can. It's uh, that's just what I was thinking about, little Sammy, aka Miles Davis Jr. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Ten, but you I... have to, but you have to help me build the wall. <laughs> you can have it. Yeah, I, I'm not so opposed <laughs> to what Trump has done so far, but what I am opposed for of is that it's all executive orders. I don't believe executive orders are fit for this country. And should be enacted the way they are. Obama made the precedence of such things. I mean, it's always been a great Oh, no, he didn't. No, they've been done for a long time, executive orders. Well, I know, but Obama put it on steroids. Mm, no, he didn't. Really. Not really. <clears throat> Who did more executive orders than Obama? Oh, Several. man. Uh, Reagan? Pretty sure did. <laughs> uh, the most has been done by Franklin D. Roosevelt. 3,721. Exactly what Trump is going to be, the new FDR. 3,721. So that's what he did. Uh, Obama did 276. Bush did 291. Clinton did 364. Reagan did 381. Um, Truman, 907. Eisenhower, 484. So there's a lot of presidents. How about FDR? 3,721. He was by far the highest. Okay. Woodrow Wilson okay. did 1,803. Jesus. Teddy Roosevelt, 1,081. Yeah, so Obama yeah. didn't do shit compared yeah. to a no. bunch of other presidents. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> yeah, complete BS. I'm saying that. But yeah. it is all... Do you see my point, though? It's just, you're going back through the progressive era. That this is what... It changes the role of government in America. That was your point. United States. You know, I think I think there's it's a it's a checks and balances system, and we've allowed it in the past to have a an executive branch that issued lots of orders to change things for good or bad. I don't know, but certainly something that uh, has been done much greater extents than presidents that we've had since we've been alive. Yeah, populist. Well, there's also stuff. varying degrees of the. The efficacy of an executive order. Yeah, and then the irony behind this, and I, I would say that Trump is a populist, a right-wing populist in the way that FDR was a left-wing. And these people who are supposedly for the people, they they reflect dicta- dictatorial qualities more than the people who aren't. And there's this... It's interesting. It's a dichotomy. How is Trump being dictatorial, though? He's Executive orders are a non, are, aren't a form of legislation. They're carte blanche orders. That's, I know, that's but what... is it growing government or is it reducing government? I think government's going to be a lot larger when Trump leaves than when he, when he came there, to be honest. 
We'll see. I hope Something's you're wrong. Uh, how how is an executive order of reducing two regulations for every new one growing government? Uh, military is going to grow a lot. Infrastructure is going to grow a military lot. Military is going to grow a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're going to hire Obamacare is going to be replaced by Trump care. He's giving the power away. Yeah. Yeah. A little update for you guys. I, yeah. I wear a heart monitor the yeah. whole the whole day, and uh, when I started this conversation, <laughs> I had. Um, I literally had half of my daily allowance, and it just beeped and told me I made it to my my goal. So this has been a great conversation yeah, tonight. We're, we're not doing good thing for, things for your health, that's for sure. No, all over the place. I'm yeah. just, oh, yeah, man. It's, sorry. I need to go see my doctor and my yeah. psychiatrist and my, <laughs> my therapist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like you said, that's that's not good for the stress level. Um, <laughs> anyway, let me say let me yep, say this: this yep. um, whole one regulation we have to subtract to. I don't know. I feel like there's so many ways you can go get around with that. So I mean, you can. Oh create, yeah, you, but I love you, the spirit. You, you, can, you can have this. Okay, you can get rid of these two regulations, yeah. and then you can also combine it as part of that one regulation. Right, I'm sure right. You can do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. But I love the spirit. I love the idea that he's saying get rid of two for everyone. Because that's like, that's been a talking point for so long and nobody's ever dared actually do anything about it. He just stands up and he says, do it now. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. purely political, I think, like Danny's saying. I mean, you can use creative accounting and government and politics in great amounts. I think that's certainly. You guys want to know what I think would be the coolest thing? Uh, Rick Perry saying adios mofo within the next two minutes. <laughs> As if Donald Trump <laughs> closes Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> that would be good. I think that would just be the biggest F you to all these protesters and Obama backers and just shoving it right in Obama's face. That would be a great executive order is what I would love to see. Yeah. Ladies just... and gentlemen, <laughs> cisgendered plutocrats and Privileged and non-privileged and oppressed and put upon and everybody else in between. I wish you a fantastic evening. This has been Liberty Southwest Podcast number 58. I, Peace. I, I second that, and I hope Matt doesn't pass away from hypertension tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, fine. I'll call you if I do. Mofo. No, you won't. <laughs>